Stefan.
the Lord brought me to the valley filled with dry bones. And the Lord said, prophesy to these bones. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And while I was prophesying, suddenly there was a rattling noise. And the bones came together. And then the ligaments. And then the muscles. The skin covered them. But there was no breath. Then the Lord said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell it to breathe. And this is what he said. Live. 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 Draw thoughts in the water of the Lord. Live. 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 Upcoming events. Uh, so we're having Communion Sunday on March 19th, coming up uh, next Sunday. And then uh, the week after that is Contending Faith Bible Conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, that's from the 21st through the 23rd. So we're not going to have Wednesday night service that Wednesday. Uh, that, that'll allow anybody that wants to come to come up there. And uh, me and Robbie are going to be up there anyway. And that'll be a nice break between... Uh, ending our foundations class, which the last week will be this Wednesday, and uh, starting back into normal services. All right, so uh, March 29th, regular Wednesday services resume. All right, and then April 1st, <laughs> April Fool's Day, prayer for the nation. And we, we, hey, I'm not kidding around with this. <laughs> we need to pray for the nation. No joke. <clears throat> I was thinking more like the what's going on in the nation's a big joke, but <laughs> all right. Um, anyhow, sorry. Mother's Day is May fourteenth. Um, oh, I did. I did. All right. April April ninth is is Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. All right. And then uh, May twenty sixth through the twenty eighth, Reverend uh, Larry and Angela Keaton are going to come. They're going to do five services for us. It'll be a, a, be a wonderful and blessed time, yes. and uh, they, they'll have very good word for us. And then, of course, Generation Life Youth Camp coming up uh, June 26th through the 30th. All right. And as I said before, this will be our last uh, Foundations class on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Um, so we'll look forward to seeing everyone there. And, well, 
we're down to our meditations for this week. Uh, our in him for this week is John 14, 20, and it says, And that at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. So our confession, Jesus is in the Father, I am in him, and he is in me. Praise God. All right. So our healing scripture for this week is Exodus 23, 25. And it says, if you worship me, the Lord your God, I will bless you with food and water and take away all your sicknesses. That's awesome that he'll take away all of our sicknesses. And he'll give us so much more than just food and water. <laughs> all right. Um, conf uh, our confession, I worship the Lord. Therefore, he blesses me and supplies me with all my needs. He takes away all sickness from me. All of it. Praise God. All right. Well, I guess we'll pray for the service. Lord, we thank you for being here with us. Um, it's just such a blessing to, to be able to come into this house of God where we're not uh, where we're not stopped and where the law doesn't stand against us as it does in some countries. And Lord, we just want to continue that way. So we pray. We so that's one of the reasons we pray for the nation, and that's that's one of the reasons that we're here is to is to show people the way. And Lord, we just ask that you come and show us the way this morning. That you give us the words that need to be spoken, the words that help us to draw closer to you and to become more like you to become truly your disciples. Lord, we just thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for healing in our bodies, prosperity in our lives, and in our jobs. We thank you for looking out for all of our things and all of our, our all of, all, well, just everything, Lord. We just love you. And we thank you for being here with us. Lord, give me and Robbie the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that come expecting to hear your word and that will be blessed by your word that come as good ground, ready for your word, ready for the word that will plant seeds into their lives, that will grow and that will bear fruit in their lives and the lives of everyone they come in contact with. We ask you to bless this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Derek, oh, you want that today. Okay. <laughs> good morning, disciples. Also stand up together and do our confession. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ in baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. 
I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in life. I do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places.
Your presence, I know there is power. 
Father, we give you honor and glory and praise. Father, we give you thanksgiving. Father, we worship you, for you are the almighty God. Father, you are the God of all. Father, there's not words in our own language that can express the worship and the honor and the reverence that's in our hearts to you. Father, we just love you and we honor you. We glorify you, Father God. Oh, Father, forgive us, me specifically, for complacency, Lord. Father, forgive me for neglecting the gift. Father, forgive me for just being complacent. Father, I know that there's a work to be done. I know that there's a call to be done. And Father, I know that it won't be done without us doing our part. Father, we've got to get to a place of consecration. And Lord, I speak for myself primarily. Lord, we've got to get to a place of consecration, dedication. Father, we've got to get to that place where we lay down the things of the flesh. Father, the things aren't necessarily evil or bad or even sin. But Lord, you're a jealous God. And, Father, we're so quick to put other things before you. And, Father, I ask for your forgiveness for myself and for all those that are guilty of that. Father, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you want nothing but good for your people. But, Father, many times the choices that we make block your goodness and block your power, and block your ability. Father, many times our own mindsets, our own religious thinking that we refuse to let go of, our own natural thinking that we refuse to let go of, our own natural emotions that get us off track. And we know it's getting us off track, Lord, but we just say, I don't care. I want what my flesh wants. Lord, forgive us. Lord, as we approach your word today, I ask for your anointing, for it's your anointing that breaks the yoke, it's your anointing that brings change, it's your anointing that brings loving correction. Father, it's your anointing that breaks sickness and disease, lack and poverty. And so, Father, we just ask for your anointing, we ask for your power, we ask for your ability this morning. We ask that you think through mine and Michael's mind. You speak through our lips, the very oracles of God. And Lord, I don't look to the number in the room. I look to being obedient to your call. I look to being obedient to your call. I don't care about the numbers. Father, yes, I want to see the multitude saved. I want to see the harvest brought in. But Lord, more importantly, I want to see you well pleased. Father, drop down in our hearts any areas of correction that are needed. Father, any, anything that we need to adjust, any adjustments that need to be made. Father, for these services are not about our plans or our desires or what we like or what we don't like. But Father, it's all about you your plan, your purpose, and your pursuit. 
And so, Father, as we approach your word today, I thank you that your anointing is with us. I thank you for angelic assistance, Father God. I thank you for the candlesticks that are lit. Father, I thank you for the heavenly flow this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And all the God's people said, amen. amen and amen. Well, greet somebody while you're seated. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord is gracious and he is good. How often? All the time. All the time. Glory to God. Glory to God. His love and his mercy endures forever and ever. Thank you, Father. How long does God's love and mercy endure? Forever. Forever and ever. Glory, glory, glory. You know what that means? That means that when we mess it up, God's still there. When we goof up, God's still there. Glory to God. When we get it wrong, God's still there. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Father. I'm just waiting on the Holy Ghost a minute, just making sure we're going in the right direction. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about the law of seed time and harvest. The law of seed time and harvest. There are natural laws, like the law of gravity. How much do you know if you get too close to the edge, uh, you might, if you, if you kind of step off the edge or you go off the edge, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to encounter the law of gravity, right? Right. <laughs> How much do you know? There's the law of gravity. There's also the law of the sun and the stars. How much do you know? When God placed the sun and the moon and the stars and the heavens, he set them in a certain pattern, and they're going to follow that pattern until God tells them to do something different. They're going to follow it. Uh, there's the law of when we know this. We know the law of uh, action and reaction. You know, you bounce a if you throw, if you if you throw a ball down, what's going to happen? It's going to go up, right? So so we understand that there's natural laws. There's even the natural law of sowing and reaping. You know, uh, it's it's springtime right here at the edge of it. In fact, a lot of people are got their little their little uh, seed cups and what have you in their living rooms and in other places of the house and in the garage and all that, getting their plants kind of springed up and ready so that when the last frost comes, they can hurry up and get their plants in the ground so they can get those early tomatoes and peppers and all those good, you know, spring vegetables. Um, but how much do you know that that law of springtime and harvest, that the first thing that you are, I mean, sowing and reaping, the first thing you have to do is sow. The first thing you have to do is sow. You can, you can get the grow lights, set them up in the garage. And you can get the little cups of dirt and set them in the garage under the grow lights. But if you don't put any seed in the ground, is anything going to happen? 
You might, throw, some, you might get some weeds. You might get some weeds <laughs> that are in the dirt, but you're not going to get any fresh tomatoes and cucumbers and all those good yummy things. No, you've got to plant seed. Well, just like there's seed time and harvest in the natural, there's seed time and harvest in the supernatural. And God and, and, and seed time and harvest, um, that, that growing of vegetables and trees and things like that, how much you know, uh, springtime, even nature follows seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Um, how much do you know, uh, it's, you know, everybody, I know we've had some allergy flare-ups and what have you, and why is that? The trees are blooming. The trees are blooming. And what does it mean when the trees are blooming? It means that they're producing seeds. They're producing seeds. I was talking to Michael the other day, and I said, well, I know that oak trees produce acorns. And those acorns are the seeds of the tree, and those acorns will produce more oak trees. And I said, and I know like your pecan trees and your walnuts, you know, there's black walnut trees around here. How much of those black walnut trees? Big old seeds. They're obnoxious is what they are. <laughs> my husband brought, he brought some home, and it landed, one landed in my, in my rock garden. And, and it grew up, and I said, Michael, get that thing out of there. He said, it's already grown root. He said, you ain't digging that thing out. And I said, get it out of there. It's going to kill my dogwood. It's going to overrun it. And it did. That thing grew up so fast, and now it drops these giant seeds everywhere. How much do you know? What are we, what are we going to get? We're going to get more black walnuts. That's what we're going to get. The pecan trees block, drop. How much do you know? The poplar trees drop the giant tulips out in your yard. But do you know those giant tulips are the seeds? Well, the seeds are in them. But the yeah. seeds are in there. The seeds are in there. See, there's seed time and harvest. That's how we get more trees is from seeds. And here's the deal about a seed. Everything that that, every, everything that is needed to not only produce another tree and to produce more seeds is in that one seed. Do you ever think about that? You ever think about that? You got a seed. We're just talking about the black walnuts, right? So in that black, in, in the black walnuts come in a green husk, and then you got to break the husk off, and then there's the shell. But in that shell, there's a seed, and in that seed is everything needed to produce another black walnut tree. Everything is in there. The entire blueprint is in there. All you have to do is put that seed in the right environment, and actually it doesn't even have to be in the right environment because it was in the wrong environment, and it's still produced. It's still produced. So when you plant seeds, they will produce. Now, the ones that are in the dry, that land in, that land in the driveway and they get run over and run over and the plants get run over and run over and, you know, chopped down with the weed eater and things like that, they're not going to produce a tree because we keep cutting the tree. But how much do you know? The seed is in the ground, and it's still trying to produce. Still trying to produce. Well, guess what? The kingdom of God works the same way. And there's lots of different seeds, just like there's, uh, plant, just like there's vegetable seeds and fruit seeds. How much do you know? Peach time is coming. Peach time is coming. Blackberry time is coming. You know, we, you know, we, uh, we're all around here going, oh man, oh, we get a good summer day, a good summer warm day, and we're like, oh, thank God, winter's over. And if you've been here a while, you'll be quick to say, mm mm, 
Nope. We still got dogwood winter. How much do you know? You got those little red berries out there everywhere, right? And if you've got squirrels, then you've got the, the nature's chainsaws. We have, in one of our houses, we've got um, a big dogwood, huge dogwood on our front porch. And our front porch is kind of wrapped around it. And it gets real good red seeds on there. And you'll go out, you'll open that front door, and it sounds like a dozen chainsaws going. And it's the squirrels cutting all those, all those seeds off. Um, how much, you know, we'll look around and we'll go, you know what? Uh, it's pretty out here, but the dogwoods haven't bloomed yet. But then they'll bloom and the red seeds will drop. And then, you know, you're like, oh, it's real pretty out here. And we go, oh, no. Especially when you get, especially if you're talking to somebody that's just moved up here recently. They'll say, oh, well, so winter's about over now. And you go, no. You go, what do you mean, no? Well, the dogwoods haven't bloomed yet and the blackberries haven't bloomed yet. What? As soon as the dogwood blooms, you can count on a cold snap. Well, that'll be the end of winter. Nope. You got to wait till the blackberries bloom. And once the blackberries bloom and they get nice, pretty white flowers on it, and about the time you're thinking, man, those are going to look good, here comes another cold snap. Then winter's over. How much do you know? Those berries are nothing but seeds. And uh, they produce more. Uh, and, and, of course, the blackberries have thorns with them. So uh, <laughs> we don't always get all of them, right? And so the blackberry thing gets thick all the time. Well, that's seed time. And then later, after the, you know, how much you know, you, when the flowers show up, that's not when you harvest. You harvest when the fruit comes, to, comes into season. And for some plants, that's just a few weeks from the flowering season. And for others, it's quite a while. For trees, you know, trees have to mature before they'll produce. So some seeds take longer than others. I want to go to Malachi chapter 3, and I want to look at one of the primary areas of seed time and harvest, primary areas. Now, we, did, we talked about tithes two weeks ago, and some of the things that we talked about there will apply into this. And there's different types of seed time. Um, but I want you to look at Malachi chapter 3, verse, uh, let's read verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return. Circle right there. Circle that word ordinances. Ordinances. The reason that word is ordinance, another word, what you could say is you've gone away from my laws. You could say laws because we're talking about the law of seed time and harvest. So God said there's a law here. They, that you've gone away from, talking to the Jewish people. He said, there's a law that you've gone away from. Well, let's find out what that law is that he's gone away from, that we've gone away from. All right. Uh, so, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return to me, return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Now, I didn't say this about the ordinances, and I should have. Why did God say you've turned from the ordinances and not you've turned from the law? Any ideas? What God told him to do? Here's the answer. Not trying to, you know, put you... you that's not a bad answer, because God did tell him to. But see, seed time and harvest was put into place before the law of Moses was. It's, it's, it's the, this is an ordinance from the beginning of time. This is spiritual law. 
This is spiritual law. So the fact that he was talking to the Jews and he didn't say, you've gone away from the law. He said, you've gone away from the ordinance, where although ordinance could be used the word law, he was telling the Jews, you've gone away from something that was implemented and put into place before I ever gave the law to Moses. Because there's, and here's why this is important, because a lot of people will say this. A lot of people who are anti-tithers, which by the way, if you find a minister that's against tithing, uh, run. <laughs> you said run. Uh, they don't understand how they're supposed to get paid. <laughs> uh, no. Because without the tithe, there's no, there's no supply in the house. I mean, so, um, no, you, you, you got to, basically what the Lord was saying is what I want, what I want to talk to you about predates Moses' law. Because what a lot of people will say is Jesus Jesus did away for did away with the law and we don't know we no longer do our sacrifices and therefore we no longer pay tithes because the Levite because we're no because the the Levites are no longer taking the tithes because under Jewish law the Levites took the tithe the pre the Levite priests took the law took the tithe so when when the when the uh Old Testament uh, priests were done away with at the fulfillment of the covenant. Uh, they said, "Well, there's no Levites to give the tithe to, so stop. So therefore, there's no tithe." But that's not what he told them here. He didn't. He wasn't talking to them about the Levites. He said, "Your ordinances." In other words, he's letting them know this is the la- now. Now check this out. What book is this? Malachi. What book is that in the Old Testament? The last one. The last one. And what chapter is this? Chapter 3. Almost the last one. Almost the last chapter. So what was God saying? God was letting his people know. I'm not going to talk to you again for 400 years until the Messiah comes. Because there wasn't another book written for about 400 years. This was the last, one of the last instructions given in the Old Testament, by an Old Testament prophet, said, God said, you've gone away from my ordinance. In other words, God was saying, I'm, I'm doing, I want you to remember something that was put into place even before I gave the law to Moses. Let's keep reading. All right, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. Circle tithes and circle offerings. Mark it somehow. What is the what is the ordinance? The ordinance of law, of tithes and the ordinance of offerings. Now, let's hold our place right here and go back to Genesis chapter four. And I'm not going to dig into this because we dug into this two weeks ago, Sunday before last. But in Genesis chapter 4, we saw that Cain and Abel brought two different things. We saw that Cain, uh, Genesis 4, verse 3. Genesis 4, verse 3. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. What did Cain bring? He brought a... He brought an offering. 
It specifically says that Cain brought an offering. Now, now before Cain and Abel were ever able to bring an offering, they had to, they had to, they had to, to there had to be seed time. That's because right. you can't have a harvest in, 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 if you if you don't right. have a seed time. Right. So they had to they had to plant, and or it, they had to. Um, in fact, in fact, verse two, we see the seed. Uh, and and she bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So everything in life, God set it up this way. Everything in life that that multiplies or reproduces produces seed of some sort. That's right. Even humans. Yeah. So if you want more people, you have to do the, the stuff to, that, that makes more humans. Seeds. You have right? to plant the seeds, right? You have to, and if you want, if you want more fruit or more trees, you have to plant the seeds. If you want, if you want uh, more prosperity, you have to, you have to plant the seeds that, the that seeds. go towards that, such as work or an idea or right. or or yep. your words. Yeah. Uh, See God God started out the whole universe with his with seed. That's right. He started out he started out with the, the seed of his words. That's right. And as and the Bible clearly states several times that our words are our seeds. Yep. I mean what 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 we plant with our mouths, we're going to eat the fruit thereof. And that's another type of seed. But notice right here in verse two it says Abel was a keeper of sheep. How much you know? That means that Abel was was tending to sheep and taking care of sheep so that the sheep could plant their seeds and produce more sheep for Abel. Abel was working through the seed of the sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. What does that mean? He was planting seed in the ground. So they were sowing seed, and when seed produced a harvest, Cain brought an offering. But what did Abel bring? It says, and Abel also, now that here we see a little bit of a different change of language. Abel also brought what? Of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. He brought the firstlings, the firstlings, which meant the first part of his increase. And we learned two weeks ago that the tithe is a tenth. And we saw where um, Jacob said, if you'll give me... If you'll give me increase, I'll give you 10%. If you bring me increase, if you supply my clothes, if you supply my food, if you supply all of that, we're not going to go back at that because I don't want to get back into that. You'll have to go back. But, you'll, but we saw that he made a covenant with God that if God would take care of him before the law of Moses ever went into play, he said, God, if you'll take care of me, I'll give you a tenth. That tenth, that first part of my increase. We saw that Abraham gave the tenth to Melchizedek, the high priest. So that tenth. So we see here that he brought the firstlings and and the fat thereof. So not only did he bring to God the tenth, the first sheep born, but he also brought of the fat, which was the excess and the good. So he brought a tithe and an offering. And Cain's, Cain's offering was rejected. And we talked about that being of the heart. Okay? But then um, Abel brought a tithe and an offering, and it was received. A lot of it has to do with the heart. The other part that it has to do with is making sure that you do your tithe 
first. Tithe is the first tenth. We talked about in the sermon two weeks ago that the first tenth belongs to God. Remember God, remember I showed you in the scriptures where it said, God said, the gold's mine, the silver's mine, the cattle of a thousand hills mine, the animals are mine. If it's on the earth, it's mine. Remember that? And so we said, so, so we, we showed you that, that, yes, even though increase comes to you, even though you get a paycheck every week, the only reason you get the paycheck is because God gave you the ability to get the paycheck. And God gave you the job to get the paycheck. Didn't God give you the job? God gave him a job. Glory to God. Derek's getting promoted these days. You'll have to talk to him about it. God's, God's bringing him financial increase because he's a sower and a giver. He's a tither and a giver. And God's opened up the windows to him. He's seeing the goodness of God in that. But uh, so, so you, the first part goes to God. The tenth goes to God. But there's something beyond the tenth, and that's an offering. An offering. Let's go back to Malachi. Let's go back to Malachi. Where'd you go, Malachi? So God said, you, you robbed me in tithes. Tithes is 10% of your increase. Now, here's the deal. You can't backdate God on the tithe. If you've not been a tither and you say, oh, my gosh, now I've decided I want to tithe, you can't backdate your tithe. One that puts you in the, in the, in the, in the <laughs> poorhouse. It puts you in the poorhouse for sure. And two, it's, it's a tithe is a tenth of increase. You're at the level that you're at now. And so the tithe is that increase. Your offering is anything above the tithe. So, what's, so, that's the, so there's that difference there. So your tithe is not your seed. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Let me say it again. Your tithe is not your seed. Your tithe is what rightfully belongs to God. It's your covenant agreement. Your tithe is what gives you covenant rights. Your tithe is what allows God to supply you all of your needs. That's what God, what it does. Your tithe allows you to have, God, have full access to the covenant. Now, again, let me say this for those that are online and for the people in the house. We have, we have almost, this is unheard of, unheard of. Most, as I understand it, the stats is most churches have between a 10 and maybe a 20% tithing rate. We have almost a 100% tithing rate. And the only reason I can't say 100% is because not everybody puts it in an envelope. So we have, I mean, so I'm not getting on you people. I'm not getting on our, on our house at all. I want you to know the reason we're talking about this is because I want you to know you've got covenant rights. And that that, and, that you can be blessed through this. Yes. And because, because it's seed time and harvest. Yes. Not only do we have all, nearly a hundred percent tithing right tithing rate, you know, again, the only reason I can't can't say that a hundred percent is because not everybody writes it down. Uh, we also have what I believe to be almost a hundred percent giving rate also. Because our people are both tithers and givers. So I'm not fussing at anybody. I want you to understand what part of your giving is, is seed. What part is seed? Okay? Your seed is your offering. It's your seed that you sow that brings excess increase. 
excess increase. But now let's keep reading here because we want you to see some, some truths about what your tithers' rights are. See, and the tithe is supposed to go to the local church. Right. So if you're not tithing, that's what this next verse is about. Right. So let's, so let's find out. Let's read this and let's find out exactly what God's telling us here. So if you're not tithing, in verse 9 it says, You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Right. So here's the deal. The covenant, remember back there, part of Jacob's covenant, and we, we, we're in covenant with God because of the covenant that God made with Abraham, the covenant that he made with Isaac, and the covenant that he made with Jacob. And Jacob made a covenant with God. God, if you'll bring me increase, I'll give you 10%. I'll give you a tithe. So in order for us to maintain our side of the contract, we need to give a 10% tithe of the increase and only the increase. That's the tithe. Okay? Then, uh, after that, everything past the 10% increase is a seed. Everything past that is a seed. Okay. Now, don't get your don't don't get in a don't get in a mess because I saw some faces a minute ago. Well, I've not been tithing, but I've been sowing. Does that mean that, that God won't bring me any increase? Well, no, not necessarily because God's full of mercy and grace. See what I'm saying? God's full of mercy and grace. And God said, if you're not if your heart's not right about giving, don't give. Don't even give a tithe. If your heart's not right, don't even give. So if your heart is right, if you're, if you're giving offerings and your heart is right, but you don't have a revelation of tithe, well, God's still going to bless you. But he's going to be able to bless you farther and more if you'll tithe and give. And, okay? And, we've, and we're not beating up on anybody. We've all, no. we've all been there. No. I mean, let's face it. We work hard for our money. <laughs> right? Every one of us. We all put in hours. We all work hard for it. I mean, I don't see There's any, I don't I see any stock brokers in here, so we all work hard for our money. Yeah. Right. And even they have to research and, and put time and effort into it. Yeah. But it's, it's and, and slacking. But they're not, they're just, not like doing on. construction. Move on. Anyways. Move on. Move on. You're digging <laughs> uh, a hole. Yes, I am. Sorry. So, but so we've all been there, and we all value that money that we that we that we produced through the fruit of our labor. Yep. But but here's the deal. Without God, we wouldn't be able to do that. Right. God right. makes us able to do that yeah. labor. God yeah. makes us smart enough to be stockbrokers or lawyers or doctors. Yeah. God makes us able to do all this. And without him, we couldn't do it. Right. So, so when he says that we're stealing from, from him with our tithes and offerings, he, he means that, hey, I made it, you able to be able to make this money. You should give me some of it back. Right. And it's to support his ministry. That's the whole, the whole, let's read it right here. He said, bring you all, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Now, some people get in a stickler about this, about you've got to physically bring the money to the storehouse. And you should bring it. There is a principle about bringing it. You well, know, I would be in the storehouse. You know, um, <laughs> it's good to come into the church and to sew physically in, because honestly, it makes it more real. 
it makes it more real to you. When you when you write that check or when you put the cash in the plate, then you there, there's a there's a connection there about what you're actually doing. How much do you know? Uh, it, you know, debit cards and credit cards are the thing anymore. And you go to the store, you whip that thing out, you stick it in the machine, you walk out, and you're like, man, that was awesome. But the but the reality of what you just spent doesn't hit until you sit down with your bank statement. How much you know that holds true in the offering plate too, you know. So, uh, so he said, but so, so some people get to be a stickler about that. Uh, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Here's my stickler point on this. The evangelist on the TV is not, is not the local storehouse. Because here's the deal. The tithe is for taking care of the minister that will come sit next to you when you're sick. The tithe is for the minister that will sit and counsel you when you've hit the wall and you're having a hard time. The tithe is for keeping the lights on in the church where you can come and be fed and exalted and built up and build a family of God around you. So, so uh, do, the, do the television evangelists that are, that are good, fruitful ministries need financial support? Yes, they do. But they don't get supported off of the tithe. They get supported off of offerings. And I'm going to show you the difference. He said, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat or spiritual food, spiritual spiritual counsel in my house. This is the house of God. And, And then he said, and prove me now. That word prove can also be translated and test me now. Test me. So God said this. God said, listen, I know the subject of money is a touchy subject for you. So I, so this is one area that I'm going to say you don't have to just faith it. I'm going to say test and prove me. Test and prove me. And here, And again, here is some covenant rights. Because if you're a tither, here's something that comes. If you're a tither and, remember he said tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. So he it goes. says, And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it all. So he said this. He said, If you'll, if you'll give tithes and offerings, I will pour out such a blessing upon you. Remember, blessing means happy. He'll, he'll bring things into your life that will make you happy. It means fortunate. He'll bring things toward, to you to cause you to be fortunate in every area. How much do you know? It's a wonderful thing when you go to the store and you get a discount. That's blessed. How much do you know? It's good to go to the store not that you're thinking, oh, man, this thing's going to cost me a lot. And you get to the store and find out, well, there's a sale on that particular item. That's your ties working for you. Believe it or not, that's your ties working for or, you. Or you're blessed when there, there's a shortage of something that you need, and you go to go to the store to get it, and it's there. For and it's you. there. How much you know? It's a blessing, especially right now, post COVID. Right now, you know everything's back day, backed up three, four, five, six months, and you like, I need this, and I need this now, and boom, it shows up for you. I mean, there's stuff that Michael and I have ordered, and they're like, yeah, it's going to be weeks before it shows up, and it shows up in two days. We're like. Uh, how'd that happen? 
Meanwhile, I got people complaining all the time, man, you can't get nothing off of Amazon anymore. They're so unreliable. And I'm like, you're not a tither and a giver. Not being rude, but you're not a tither and a giver. That's why you're having problems. Um, uh, Zach reminded me the other day of this. Um, Brother Randy's, was it his grandmother? It was his grandmother. You know, she was, <laughs> this is Brother Randy's testimony. I'm not dragging her at all, Mama Greer at all. Uh, but she, according to Brother Randy, she could, she, could, she could squeeze more money out of a nickel. I mean, she just, she just squeezed. You know, she did what they called tip God. She would just tip God. She'd squeeze maybe a dollar out of her purse for God, maybe, maybe, you know, because she worked hard for her money. And, uh, and uh, she got, she, you know, and God kind of got on her and dealt with her. About tithing, you know, Brother Randy was talking to her about tithing. She got all upset with him and what have you, and uh, and, uh, and 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 she kind of got mad because he was talking to her about it. You know, Granny, you need to tithe. You need you need to you know quit tipping God. You need to tithe. And she got mad at him, so she went to the Lord about it in prayer. And the Lord said, "Why don't you test me and prove me? Test and prove me." And so in, in the in the series, of, in, in, so she decided she was going to start tithing. And so she, she said, she told the Lord this. She said, Lord, I'll give you one. Actually, I think she, actually, I think Brother Randy got her to tithe is what I think happened. In either case, she decided to tithe for one year. She said, Lord, I'm going to give you one year. One year, I'm going to tithe. And if you don't bring me increase in one year, I'm going to, t- I'm going to tell everybody this tithing thing doesn't work. So come one year to the date. One year to the date. And she sat down and got to look in at her bank account. And no, there was no increase in her bank accounts, none, no increase whatsoever. And she kind of got mad and huffy with God about it. And God interrupted her tantrum. And God said, how many times did you go to the hospital this year? Well, none. How many times did you get sick this year? Well, none. How much medicine did you need this year? Not as much. How much did you pay for it? Not as much. Went through a few other things, and she realized, this tithing thing does work. She called Randy boo-hooing and squalling. He had to calm her down. He said, Randy, Randy, what's going on? What's going on? She said, I told the Lord he had one year, and do you know I started tithing tonight? Been to the hospital, and I ain't been sick, and all my medication's been taken care of. Do you know how much money that saved me? She's been, she was a faithful tither ever since. Test and proof. So, see, that's why I said two weeks ago, when you're a tither and you're a giver, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I'll tithe, then that'll put dollar signs in my bank account. And it does bring dollar signs to your bank account. Jackie, dear Lord in heaven, talk to her a while. Let her rub let her rub on you a little bit. That girl gets checks in the mail every time I turn around. How much do you get this week? Right, but how much total? $290 out of nowhere this week. <laughs> She's currently unemployed. How much you know? Tither and a giver. Tither and a giver. Because she's real faithful. She's super faithful. Super faithful about it. Um, so he said, he said, I'd pour you, out, pour you out such a blessing you won't have room to receive it all. And then look at verse 2. He said, mean verse I 11? mean verse 11. <laughs> and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And, he, and who's the devourer? 
Satan. Satan. Okay, so he's going to rebuke the devourer for our sakes. Now remember, this is the Old Testament. These guys right. didn't have Jesus and they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so they couldn't use their authority because they didn't have it. So, right. so he says, promises them that if they if they test him and they do what he's what he's say, telling them to do, that he will rebuke the devourer for for our sakes. Now that. It's not saying that because we're New Testament, he won't rebuke the devourer for our oh, sake. Because no, no. he does all the time. He does it, and we don't even know about it. Sure. Lots of things go on that we never even find out about. But he does give us the ability, in a pinch, to rebuke the devourer for ourselves. Think about how long some of your stuff lasts. Think about how long some stuff lasts. I mean, I told y'all last week, two weeks ago, about Michael's weed eater that was so old. Twenty-five years old, but I was still using it. It was so old. I they stopped building parts for it. I still have it. He still has it, and it still works. It's kind of hard to get started, but he still has it, and it might leak some gas on you, but it'll still go. Well, there's a trick to making it work, but yeah. <laughs> it'll still go. How much do you know? I, I, I've got a I've got a KitchenAid mixer that I've probably had. Gosh. 25, 30 years, and that thing still keeps going. And I'm not easy on it. I mean, I use, like, double batches and triple batches, and I'm like, come on, I know you're a house-level one, but come on. And sister goes, duh, 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 but it still keeps going. It just keeps right on and ticking. Keeps right on ticking. My, have you all seen Michael's orange and white truck? 15, the orange and white Ford truck? $1,500, what, 20-something <laughs> years ago? Paid fifteen hundred dollars for that truck, and that truck still keeps going. We ain't put a whole lot. I mean, we've we've taken care of it, uh, but it still keep it just keeps on a ticking. It just keeps on going. About the time we think, I think we're gonna let that thing go. All of a sudden, we need it, and we're like, oh, I guess we're gonna keep it. <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going. That's not. And some people say, well, that's coincidence. They, you know, back in that day, they made trucks to last. No, baby, that's tithes and offerings. That's tithes and offering. And we were tithing and offering when we got that truck. <laughs> we did. And, and that's why it only cost fifteen hundred dollars. That's right. That's right. And and I didn't have and it was I mean it had a brand new rebuilt engine in it, it when sure I got did. it. I mean and it was pretty yeah. yes. It's it's I mean we've had it's it. It's looking rough now, but it's we've still had going. it a long time. <laughs> it's like a Timex. <laughs> it just it does. It that's not what, that's not the normal picking. thing you hear about Fords. <laughs> no. Usually you hear found on the road <laughs> dead. Not, no, not. no, this one, this one is God favored and God blessed. That is a tither's vehicle right there. It just keeps going and going and going. And here's the kicker: He has people offer to buy it for him for more than we bought it for all the time. Yep, even in the condition it's in now. All the time. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna paint it and fix it up and stuff. They're like, no, it's perfect no, the way it's it perfect is. No, it's perfect like it is. We're like, listen, if you're not a tither and a giver, that thing ain't gonna keep going for you. That's what holds that vehicle together. <laughs> No, 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 no. See, when you're a tither, the tither, that's part of your covenant rights, is God will sustain you and he will keep you. And he will keep you going. But we're talking about seed time and harvest. And I said, let's get to harvest. All right, let's finish reading this verse. Hold on, before I said that, (laughs) did it say anything in here about what to do with your offerings? No. It said bring your tithe into the storehouse. It did not say what to do with your offerings. What? Yeah. It didn't say what to do with your offerings. That's because offerings are supplemental giving. And offerings can go anywhere that you see fit for them to go. 
But for them to produce the most for you, you need to do it out of your spirit and from your spirit. Yeah. You're supposed to listen to the spirit. You need to let the spirit lead you. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't give to a lot of these people that are panhandling on the side no. of the road. But every now and then, the spirit will move on me, and I'll pull everything out of my wallet and give it to them. And, yep. and 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 then we get a blessing. And uh, do I know whether it pans out or not? No, but I do. I'm doing what the spirit tells me to do. That's right. Don't know if it helps them or not, but if we know, and every time we do that, we always, they'll say, oh, thank you, thank you, bless you. No, no, that's from Jesus. That's from Jesus. Jesus wants you to have this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Oh, finish reading that. I'm sorry, go ahead. All right, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So what does that mean? He's, go ahead. I got one more. One more. Okay. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice he said, not only is he going to rebuke the devourer, in other words, he's going to cause your stuff, keep Satan from breaking your stuff. He said, neither shall thy vine cast the fruit before her time, which means everything that you lay your hand to will prosper. That's part of covenant rights. What you put your hand to will prosper. If you go out there and you sow, it's, I said I started the sermon with it's springtime. Everybody's getting ready to sow their ground. Sow seed. Listen, James and Sue did a garden together last year, and oh my goodness, the amount of okra and tomatoes that came out of their garden. I still have okra in my freezer from last year. Still, we still have okra. <laughs> and I think we still have some tomatoes too, which is great. But how much do you know what they put their hand to prospered? Yep. What they put their hand to prospered. Miss Miss uh, Kathy, you know, she raises donkeys. Little miniature donkeys. Oh my gosh, they're so cute, so sweet, so loving. And listen, those donkeys, she can't get them. She can't get babies fast enough because God's got. Who would have thought post COVID donkeys would fly off the shelf, so to speak? But they do. But they do. Glory to God. What is that? That's because she's a tither and a giver. It's because she's a tither and a giver. See, if we go back to verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that are, there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up, open you, open up, open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Oh, yeah. That's that's where your 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 gardens are producing so well. You don't have an you don't you can't even keep it all in your freezer. So you start giving it away. You okay. know, uh, Derek, he's a recipient of two cars. Two. Zach's a recipient of a car. Two. Yeah, he's a recipient of two too. Listen, what is that? Tither's right. God will produce for you. Make make what you need come to pass for you. He'll he'll meet your need. He'll he'll bring it to pass. All right, where are we going to now? Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Oh, it's hiding. There it is. So here in Second Corinthians chapter nine, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth. And he's talking about, and there were the, the, the church at Corinth were, was having ministers come in, people like Paul and what have you. Paul didn't pastor the church at Corinth. He just 
he just was an evangelist. He was a, a one that came in and ministered to him from time to time. And so he was telling them that when ministers come in, that they should be taken care of. Especially if you go back and read chapter 8, he was talking about how um, he had, uh, he had, how they had taken care of him in times past. But look at verse 6 of chapter 9. We saw this last week. He says, but, but this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Now, he was not talking about the tithe. He was talking about sowing to traveling ministers. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. So when we have traveling ministers come in, he was telling them, hey, disciples' house, it's right and proper for you to sow into these ministers' lives. Your pastors have taken the time to vet them to make sure that they're good ground and they're traveling, so they need to be, they need to be taken care of. If you sow into them sparingly, how much do you know? If you go out and you sow two tomato seeds, what's the likelihood that you're going to get tomato plants? Not much. you got to sow several seeds to get one viable plant. Same thing with God. He said, if you'll sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully, bountifully shall, shall reap, reap also bountifully. Now, here's what we know. If you sow 50 tomato plants, or let's say 10 tomato plants. So let's say you sow 10 tomato, 10 tomato seeds, and out of those 10 seeds, you're going to get two plants, right? That doesn't look very uh, productive, right? But how much do you know those two plants are going to produce a ridiculous amount of tomatoes if it's well cared for? If, you're, if your seed is blessed and you sow ten seeds and you get five plants, look out, here come uh, the, the bountifulness that James and Sue saw. How many plants y'all had? Y'all had like rows of plants, didn't you? Rows of plants. They had tomatoes everywhere. They were delicious. I loved them. Y'all can do that again this year. I won't complain. <laughs> I won't complain at all. Do it again. Do it again. No, see, what, what, and they said, no, we had rows. See, they had rows of plants, and then what did it do? It produced a big harvest. Now, but here's the deal. It's not about dollar signs, because I know somebody's having a melting down, a meltdown right now. It's not about the number of dollars, and I'm going to show it to you. Because it's because he's not. So he said he because first he's talking about what sounds like dollar signs, but then watch it what he says next. It says every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You want to give out of a cheerful heart. He's talking about sowing cheerfully. Listen, you can sow $1,000 and be grudgingly about it, and it's not going to produce much of nothing for you. You can sow a penny with a heart full of joy, trusting God, and before you know it, you're going to be rolling in, well be in being taken care of in covenant rights. It's a, it's a heart issue. Let's keep going. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, 
may abound to every good work. So he said, if you'll sow with the right heart, talking about offerings, not tithe. Tithe applies. We did apply that verse to the tithe because I wanted you to see that it was a heart issue. But that same heart issue applies to the offering. In fact, it applies, in my opinion, more so to the offering. Okay? Um, the, The heart, you've got to get in there. And he said, if you'll give with a giving heart, if you'll give with an expectant heart, and you'll get, he said, then I'm going to make all sufficiency abound to you. I'm going to make all increase abound to you. And to show you what he's talking, that he is indeed talking about sowing into other ministries, let's read just a little bit more. All right. Uh, Verse 9. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now notice what he said. He said, now he that ministers uh, seed to the sower. When When we're up here ministering, we're We're sowing seed into your life. Seed into your life. When a guest minister comes in, guess what? They do the same thing. They sow seed. We don't take part of the offering. You know, we're not after the offering. Your offering doesn't go to us. I mean, it it helps the church. Don't get me wrong. But the tithe is primarily goes here. In fact, if (laughs) y'all don't send your don't send your offerings completely out of the house, we 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 do good works with them. (laughs) But I could I could be convincing you not to even sow here. He said, and he, and then he said, and multiplies the seed sown and increases the fruit of your righteousness. So when you guys tithe here and you give an offering here, every, every penny that comes in, we turn around and we take your seed that you sow and we, and we pray for the Lord to bring an increase. We sow a seed into the kingdom. We sow a seed into Brother Randy's ministry. We sow seeds into the Keaton's ministry. We sow seeds into community outreaches. If somebody comes in that has a need to the church, uh, we sit down and we talk with them, we counsel with them, we, we teach them, and we sow into their lives financially. What are we doing? We're taking the seed that you sow into this ministry, and we're, put, and we're sowing your seed in other places so that it can bring you an increase bring you an increase for example we sow into the Keatons the Keatons have gone to Poland so when they get to Poland and they're evangelizing and people get saved in Poland or they come into growing in Christ in Poland because the Keatons are there your seed that we sowed into the Keatons on your behalf has a part to play with what's happening in Poland does that make sense so that's what he's talking about here now, I don't want to go too deep into this because I want to get you over to see over to see a few things. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter two, 12. Because I said, it's not about two the money. 12. 12. Okay. Mark 12. It's not about the dollar amount. It's not about it. So Mark 12. Let's pick up right here in verse 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold, how the people cast and, and beheld, excuse me, beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. So he was watching people giving Jesus, their offerings. Jesus was in the synagogue. He was in the church, 
And he was set up. Look. He was sitting in the church. Watching the offering plate. He was probably right on top of it. He was probably more like over here. But still, he's sitting there, and there's the offering plate. And he's watching it. And he's watching them come in. And he's watching the scribes and the Pharisees come in and being all showy and putting it in. He says, and many that were rich cast in much. And then there came a certain poor widow. And she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. That's a one penny. It's a day's wage, wage right? I think. I think it's a half of a day's wage. Half but a yeah. day's wage? Okay. Uh, and he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast, cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. So he's sitting here. And he's watching the money. He's watching them come up. He's watching the rich people come up. And he's watching the rich people put wads of money in. He's, and he's not impressed. But here comes a widow woman. The margin of my Bible says that it's seven-tenths, that two mites are seven-tenths. Set. Uh, or is a seventeenth, seven, a seventh part, a seventh part okay, yeah. of one piece of that brass money. So they had brass coins, and the two mites are a seventh part of the brass money that most people had. So she put in like a penny, basically. Oh, okay, gotcha. She basically put in a penny. And here Jesus is sitting. He's got his disciples with him. He's got his disciples with him, and he's sitting here. He says, hey, boys, watch what happens here. People are all concerned with, you can't, it's none of your business how much money I put in a plate. Well, you're right. It's not generally the people, it, it, most people, you're right. People don't need to know. You're 100% right. But the father watches. The father pays attention. And he told the disciples who are going to be stewarding the money soon, he told them, watch the money. It's right and proper that your pastors watch the money. That's why I can say I know who tithe. I know I know what I know what's being tithed. So he's sitting there. He says, "Hey boys, watch the plate." And they're watching it. Here comes a rich person, puts in a bunch of money. Here comes a rich person, puts in a bunch of money. Here comes a rich person, puts in a bunch of money. And Jesus is not moved. He doesn't say a word. But then here comes a widow woman. She don't have any. Now, let me explain for you to understand what a widow woman is. Because we don't understand what a widow woman is. A biblical widow woman, you can find this in Timothy. A biblical widow is, number one, she has to be over the age of 65. Number one. Number two, she's got to be... She's got to be a godly woman who is given to hospitality, to prayer, and to caring for the saints. In other words, just because somebody out here, and I'm not being mean, just because somebody out here dies and leaves a spouse behind does not mean that they automatically qualify for church support. Now, that sounds harsh, but I didn't set up the rules. The Holy Ghost did. The Father God did. 
Number one, you got to be 65. Number two, they've got to have uh, they've got to have a godly character and be given to godly things. Number three, they have to have zero family support. Zero family support. When somebody, when 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 the person becomes an uh, becomes a widow, it is the obligation of their children. And if they don't have any children, for their nieces and nephews or other family members to take care of them. And you notice she said obligation. Yep. Zero support doesn't mean your kids are being miserly and they're not going to take care of you so the church can take care of you. Right. No. Zero Their support means she doesn't even have kids to right. do that. That's right. So you have to have, you you know, you have, and, and uh, so number one, 65. Number two, no support, or, or you've got to be a person of, of godly character. Number three, you have to have zero support. That part of being a, a godly character has to do with, uh, includes not being um, what society would refer to as a cougar. Now, this applies for men, too, because men can follow under the category of widow. They can. Uh, but but so, so when Jesus said, here came a widow woman, uh, this was a woman. Uh, the other thing was is they had, the widow had to have no means of support. And no, in other words, her, if her husband left her as, you could be 65 years old, have no children, but your husband left you in a state, you don't qualify as a biblical widow. So for this to be a biblical widow, you had to, this woman had to have no means of, of support, none. No family, no income, no, no bank accounts, nothing. Now she might have had a place to live. Right, but, but that would be it. But 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 she did. But at, at that age, in that time, they didn't expect them to go out and work in the fields, and and to make to eat in order to eat because they're old, you know. But if they didn't have a church to help them, they had no family to help them. They had to go out and work. So you could have a house, but not have any food in your house. Right. So this was a very destitute. That was the word I was looking for. It has to be a person of destitute, a destitute person. That was the word I was looking for. So this was a destitute woman. She had no means of support. She had nobody to help her. She had, she had nothing. And here she comes, and she throws in two mites. Two mites. Two pennies, so to speak. And Jesus, sitting to the side, watching the money, watching the money, Looked at the rich people and said, not a big deal, not a big deal, not a big deal. Boys, boys, I bet, I guarantee you, when he saw that widow woman walking toward the plate, he probably tapped those boys and said, got their attention and wanted them to see what she was about to do. And here she come, and she put in two mites. What's it say from there? All right. Uh, he says, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For they did cast of their abundance, the rich people. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Out of the want of her heart. Some, a lot of people will say, well, she did it so she could get something. 
No, she did it because she loved the Lord. She did it because she loved the Lord. Yes, she had want. Yes, she had need. Yes, she knew that if she gave a, a, a tithe, an, this isn't a tithe because she doesn't have an income. She knew if she gave of an offering, she, I mean, she knew God, that God would take care of her. But she did it because of a want to in her heart. Yes, there's a natural want. See, because you don't want to get into the mindset, well, I can't, I can't help but, I can't help but give tithes and offerings because you don't want to get that, I can't afford to do anything but give tithes and offerings. Because if you get in that mindset of I can't afford to not tithe and not give an offering, then, you, then you're in danger of getting into the wrong heart. You've got to stay in that mode of I love my God so much I want to support his work. I love my God so much I want to, I want to help supply. And see, she did that, and Jesus said that that woman gave more than all the rich people in their high money. Because they were given out of their abundance. They were basically given pocket change right. to them. Right. But she, she, and it says here that... that and they were uh, doing it out of religious duty. She, it said that she cast in all that she had, even all her living. So that, those two mites were probably all that she was able to earn since the last church meeting. So she gave everything she earned. Yep. So she gave the tithe and everything else. And she did it because of her love of God. And I tell you what, when Jesus took note of it, I guarantee you she wasn't untaken care of. I guarantee you Jesus Jesus, Jesus sat there and said, boys, watch this, watch this woman. And the boys went, and I guarantee you, the Bible doesn't say it, but I guarantee you Jesus went and made sure she was supplied. I guarantee you. And we're definitely not saying that you should... That you should Bring in every penny you no. have and give it to the church. No. no, she was doing this because the it Lord. Was her heart. Because it was in her heart. This is what the Lord showed. I want to look at and notice he said that word verily. That word verily is such an important word. That word verily means I am telling you an infallible truth. See, so a lot of people do this. A lot of people do this. A lot of people will say, "Well, my penny doesn't matter." But it does. But it does. My nickel doesn't matter, but it does. Well, but I only have a dollar, or I only have five dollars. It's not much, but it matters because it because it allows God to provide you covenant rights. Yep. It allows God to bring you an increase. I'm not talking about tithes and offerings, seed time and harvest, because I want to get anything out of you. I'm talking about it because I want you to have a harvest. I want you to have a harvest. On that note, let's go to Philippians. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start right here. Well, we know Philippians 4.13. But let's keep reading it, Philippians 4.14, and read down a little bit. All right. Uh, 14, 4.14. Notwithstanding, ye have done, or have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, 
no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but, but yours only. So here Paul is. Paul's going around to Macedonia. And uh, he said, um, you Philippians, um, I'm going all around Macedonia. I've gone into all of these churches. I've communicated the word to them. And none of them had, none of them gave an offering or none of them, none of them, none of them sowed, and none of them received except for the church at Philippi. Only the church at Philippi gave Paul a, an offering to carry out his ministry in the beginning. But keep going. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. He said this. He said you didn't. He said you didn't even give it to me once, but you also sent me to Thessalonica. He said, and he said this. He said, and it's not that I want your money for my benefit. He said, I want. You, he said, I'm thankful for your giving, and your giving has helped me. Look at what he says. Not because I desire a gift. He said, but I desire that fruit may be that fruit may abound to your account. I want you to sow seed. So that fruit can be harvest, can come into your life. You sow it here or you sow it into another ministry that sows into your life, so be it. You sow it here or you sow it wherever God tells you to sow it, that's fine. We sow seed into this house, but we also sow into Brother Randy's ministry personally. We sow seed. We were just, um, we, were just we just went over here to uh, First Baptist Free Will during their revival. And we sowed into their ministry. We sowed seed. Why? Because they're doing the work of God. Doing it a little differently than us, but they're doing the work of God. That's okay. Praise God. The people are hungry. Well, Lord Jesus, feed them, spiritually speaking. So Paul said that. He said, listen, he said, I'm not, he's talking about money. Let's get, let's read just a little bit more. All right. So, so I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Eraphidiatus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, we say that, I, I preach that a lot. God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. But it's, con it's directly connected to the seed that you sow. Do you see that? It's directly connected to the seed that you sow because that's what he was just talking about. You sowed seed into these other ministries, and now your God is going to supply your needs according to his riches and glory. See, the seed, the offering, is what brings the great increase. Now, here's the deal. Again, don't get caught up on the dollar signs. Do not get caught up on the dollar signs. And, and here's another side to that. So you're, you're giving, God's going to increase you, right? But not, every, not all of your rewards happen here on earth. Your giving goes towards other ministries. Those ministries cause people to get saved. Those, those, those people getting saved, gets credited to you as well as to them. I mean, those ministers did the work, but you, you made them able to do that work with your gift. 
So that part of that goes towards you, and that's going to be part of your reward when you get to heaven. See, if you if you if you if if you were the person that started Billy Graham out down the road, think how much. I mean, it's a pyramid scheme. Scheme, but it's not pyramid. It's not scheme. a scheme. It's not what a scheme. But 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 if you no. if you were that person that sewed into Billy Graham's ministry when he was first starting out, all those people that got saved are going to be credited to your account as well. That's right. Wrong terminology. Get right, that wrong out of your terminology, head. but the right not idea. A pyra- <laughs> it's not a pyramid scheme. It's a right. domino effect. That's there you go. That's much better. I'll have to remember that. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes <laughs> I think, Michael, oh, yeah. Go to Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Now, here's the deal about offerings. Offerings do not have to always be money. You can sow an offering of your time. You can sow an offering of your ability. You can sow an offering of, um, listen, do y'all love these beautiful flowers? Do you love these? Do you know the church doesn't awesome. buy those? Nope. Church doesn't buy those. We have two wonderful people in this church that God said, I want you to do this for the church. And they sow out of their own free will and love. And it's a sweet odor to the Father. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing to the Father. That's sowing a seed. And God will increase you because of your seed sowed. Because of your seed sowed. And it, and it comes from your first fruits, too. Yeah. Uh, we from. do it, and Miss Kathy does it. You know, the yeah. eggs we bring in. Yeah. Those are our fruits. Yeah. They, they, they come from the work that we do at home, and we bring them in, and we sell them into you guys. It's don't bring in chickens, donkeys, and, and cows. I don't have a place for them. <laughs> yeah, she certainly does want more chickens. <laughs> yeah. Lord, no, I don't have any grass left. <laughs> don't, don't bring those into the house. Don't, don't bring them into the house. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> just, just, just hold on. <laughs> no, no, look at this. But here's, my, but here's the deal. You can sow your time into somebody. You can sow your gifts into somebody. You can sow your talents into somebody. And most, most everybody in here has come in and sowed their, their time and their talents into working on this yes. church. And, yes. and look at how beautiful it is. Yes. And see, God doesn't. So when it comes to offerings, yes, there's a financial side to it. I've, I've told y'all, I've told the people before, I've told our young people this, especially starting out. I said, listen, because I know them. I said, y'all got money jars at home. See, because they're whining and crying. I've told them this because they're whining and crying at me about money. In times past, they'd be whining and crying to me. And I said, well, are you so in t-? I said, are you tithing? Oh, yeah, we're tithing. Are you giving offerings? I don't have any offering to give. I said, no, wait a minute. Don't you have a jar of coins at the house? Well, yeah. Is that designated for anything? Well, no. I said, then just was you going out the house, put a, put a penny or something in your pocket. And bring it in here and sew it. Well, Miss Robbie, it's only a penny. It's only a nickel. I said, I don't care. It'll bring an increase. Did it not bring increase? Did it not bring increase? Talk to him after service. He'll tell you about the increase that's coming his way. It's not a small one. It's a big one. Did you start with, did you start with, how'd you start? Did you start with, a, with, with like a million dollars in the account, $20? In, where'd you start? You started a penny here and a penny there, right? He started with the, he started with a change, and then he got to a dollar, and then he got to five dollars, then he got to where you know, and, and and look, increase is coming. And, you know, and here's the deal: we started the same way. Listen, we started the same way. I start, we started the same way. Now I'm going to tell you, the heart matters. 
I'm going to tell you the heart matters. Tell Michael and I. I got a revelation about tithes and offerings quite a while before Michael did. Michael came around on the tithe but was still struggling with it, but he knew it was the right thing to do. But he was still struggling with it. So he said, you just write the check and I'll just be in agreement because it's going to take me a while. Okay. She still writes the check, but that's okay. She still writes the check. (laughs) But sometimes he takes the checkbook from me and and, and then he writes it and then I go... (laughs) 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 No. um, (laughs) No. um, But I got the... so, So he was still working on ties. And I had I had figured out that the author brought the increase and well honey we needed increase and we wanted increase and we loved God and we wanted we wanted to sow and you know and I needed I needed to sow so I was sowing and I was sowing I believe in sowing good gardens I was sowing but there was a problem it was causing conflict in the marriage because I was sowing more than his faith could handle and it was causing us to have tension amongst each other. And so I was driving home one day, and I was whining, being super spiritual, and whining to the Lord about Michael's heart not being right. I was whining. And this is what the Lord said. The Lord said, you need to stop sowing offerings. I said, what? Lord, you said that I'm cursed with a curse because of no tithes and no offerings. He said, I know what I said, but you need to stop. I said, what do you mean I need to stop? I need increase. He said, your husband's heart is not right. Therefore, you're wasting seed. Wasting seed. He said, you need to give him time and wait for him to catch up to you. And then when you sow seed, it'll produce. Oh. Okay. So I backed off. And I waited. And it wasn't real long because God was working on them. Michael said, how come you're not giving us? He said, what, he said, what are you doing? He said, you're only doing tithes now. And I said, yeah, the Lord told me to only tithe until you were ready to do seed. He said, what? And I said, well, the Lord told me your heart's not right on it. And I was pushing it and I needed to stop because I was wasting seed, which means I'm wasting money. He said, oh. I said, so I'd really appreciate it if you'd let me know when I can start giving again. And he said, well, you can give, just don't give so much. Okay, so we back, so I backed it off, and little by little we increased, and little by little we increased, but we did it together as husband and wife. And like I said, he he said she still writes the checks, and most of the time it's fine. Sometimes he's like, "Honey, you need to back off," and I'm like, uh, "Check with God, and if God tells you to, that I need to back off, I'll back off," and he'll check with God. He'll say, "Just keep writing the checks." <laughs> Why? Because you can't do a budget in our house. Because two and two don't equal four with God. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. So seed, time, and harvest. Let's look right here in Mark chapter 4. I want you to see this verse. Mark 4 verse 31. We'll end with this verse right here. Now he's he's just been talking about the parable of the sower. And he's talking about the word being ministered. But you can also apply that to sowing seed. Sometimes you throw your seed out on good ground, sometimes not great ground, things like that. I'm going to back up to 30, though. But uh, let's look right here at verse, okay, verse 30. All right. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? 
What, what can we compare the kingdom of God to? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh a, cometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. So a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds in the earth. It's a tiny little thing, tiny, tiny, tiny little seed. It's the penny of, <laughs> the penny is the mustard seed of finances. But when that mustard seed is sowed, it becomes so great that even large birds are able to nest in its branches. Sowing finances, sowing your time, sowing your gifts, sowing your abilities, that is the same thing. But here's the deal. Always, always, always check with your spirit before you sow. Make sure that your heart is right and make sure that you're sowing into good ground. Make sure that you're sowing into good ground. I don't just sow into any ministry. I make sure that that ministry is producing good fruit. And I don't listen. I don't say just because somebody says that they're good fruit doesn't mean that they are. Go look at it. Go figure it out. Check your spirit on it. Check your spirit on it. Am I trying to get money out of you? Nope. If your heart's not right, leave it in your pocket all the time. Get your heart right. But what I want you to understand is that you have you have tithers rights. That goes back to the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have covenant rights, but sowing seed is what brings increase. If you sow financial seed, you're going to increase financial seed. Now, that financial seed, how much you know, can look like all kinds of different fruit. It can look like less time in the hospital, less time sick, less car problems, glory to God. It can look like a new car given to you, or at least a new to you car. It can look like your stuff lasting longer, your shoes just keep on ticking no matter how much mileage you put on them. You know, it can, you know, prosperity, your, your stocks could go up or your stocks may stay stable when everybody else's stocks are dropping. You know, there's all kinds of ways that financial things. Miss Brooke was just telling me this morning about a debt cancellation that came her way recently that I was like, woohoo! And it was big cancellation. It was big cancellation. Because I put in there, because I, I was back there putting in the title for the sermon and what have you, and I said, I, I said, we're going to talk about seed time and harvest and offerings and what have you. She said, I'm telling you what, it works. I said, yes, ma'am, it does. She said, oh, I don't think I told you my testimony. She went to tell me the testimony. I was ready to dance back there. It was a big, big, big increase. And, and sometimes the blessings he sows are ideas. Yeah. Such as such as uh, ideas to start a new business. That's right. Or Or he might send you a dream saying, hey, why don't you write a book about this? Yeah. Or he might send you to school. Or he might send you to school. So that you can increase later on down the road. It gives you opportunities sometimes. Yeah. You still have to work, yeah. but, but he gives you opportunities to make more money, to be a bigger blessing. Yes. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, now's our opportunity to do tithes, <laughs> to follow the ordinances of God, to do tithes and offerings. Again, if your heart's not right, don't do it. 
you know, we don't put any pressure on anybody. We don't put an expectation on anybody. We do pray over your offerings and believe God for an increase to come. Uh, but other than that, it's between you and God. You want to bless the tithe and the offering? Sure. Well, Lord, we thank you for, for teaching us today about, the, about, about our, our seed time and harvest and about how, how giving into your kingdom causes us to be blessed and causes blessings for us and, and, and how it benefits us and the people around us. Lord, we just we thank you for showing us the right way to do things, and we, we, just, we, we follow you with our whole hearts. We love you so much for all that you've done for us so that we give into your kingdom so that, you're, so, that, so that your work can be done here on earth. And Lord, we ask that you bless this, that you bless what we give, that you, you bless it so that it's more than we could ever ask, hope, or think, even if it's just a mite or, or a penny. It's going to be blessed, and it's going to go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think. And it's going to do your work and further your will here in the earth. And because of that, we will all be blessed. Thank you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for revelation. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for hearts that are pure and clean towards you. Father, we thank you that you are moving us into a new season. Father, we thank you that we have reached just the outskirts of this end-time move of God that's taking place. Father, we thank you that the harvest is being that, that the harvest is beginning to come in. And Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. When you're armed with the word, you're a better witness. Amen. I just, heard, just heard that in the spirit. It had nothing to do with what we talked about today. But when you're armed with the word, when you know what the Bible says, when you know what you have in Christ, 